This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Ziziaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday, the 17th of May. In your Squiz today, the death toll rises in Gaza and Israel. Prime Minister Scott Morrison fails to get a budget boost. Leicester City makes history. And dream on. This is your Squiz today. Starting with Israel and Hamas, the Palestinian militant group that controls Gaza, the conflict is heading into a second week with no signs of easing up. On Saturday, the United Nations human rights chief Michelle Bachelet said, and this is a quote, inflammatory rhetoric from leaders on all sides appears to be seeking to excite tensions rather than to calm them. The death toll continued to rise over the weekend, Claire, and since last Monday, at least 188 people have been killed in Gaza, including 55 children, and 10 people have died in Israel. What happened over the weekend is that Israel struck more than 90 targets in Gaza. That included the home of the Hamas leader, uh, also a multi-storey building that housed US media outlet Associated Press and Al Jazeera and others. Israel's military said that it was also a building that had Hamas and Islamic Jihad in there. Uh, On Friday, the United Nations Refugee Agency also said that an Israeli air strike uh, hit a refugee camp that killed 10 members of the same family. Eight of them were children. In Israel, there's been hundreds of rockets from Gaza continuing to bombard their cities, particularly in the south. The latest barrage came late yesterday. If you look at pictures out of Tel Aviv, there's people going in and out of those bomb shelters as they try and stay safe. Uh, Also, what's happened are dangerous clashes on the streets of Israeli cities. There continues to be vigilante attacks between Jewish and Arab citizens. Their tensions are very high. And what the United Nations say is that both sides have taken actions that may constitute war crimes. Yeah, the images coming out are pretty terrifying, Claire. One country that's always had eyes on affairs in the Middle East is the United States, and President Joe Biden has called for calm, but that doesn't seem to be having an effect. No, and he's been criticised as well for being a bit too stand-back offish in this crisis. Uh, Picking up the phone, though, was something that was welcomed. The United Nations Security Council, as we speak this morning, Simone, is having a meeting that's underway. They hope that it will help broker a ceasefire. As we mentioned last week, we've had a lot of listeners emailing in asking for a squiz shortcut on this. We're working on it and it will be available later this week. But in the meantime, we do have a shortcut that goes into the long and complex history between Israel and Palestine. A link to that is in your episode notes. The first repatriation flight from India to Darwin landed on Saturday, but it didn't bring home the 150 passengers it was scheduled to carry. Instead, just 80 people were on board. The other 70 were barred after they either tested positive to coronavirus or were identified as close contacts. And lots of questions then about why the government and people on the ground weren't able to fill that flight with other needy Australians. We know that there's 900 who are considered vulnerable and 9,000 who have put their hand up to say that they want to come home to Australia. That wasn't possible, officials say, because of the time required for that pre-flight testing. What happened, though, yesterday is a cloud was hanging over the lab that processed those tests. Some people who 
tested positive and were put off that flight, subsequently tested negative. Just heartbreaking for them, you'd imagine. Absolutely heartbreaking. Going forward, there will be a flight from India to Darwin every seven to nine days. And the government has said that'll see around a thousand of the 9,000 Aussies stranded in India home by the end of June. Also of note is that the Aussie cricketers that were in India for the IPL will be landing in Sydney this morning. Speaking of the government, Claire, the latest news poll is out and despite the big spending budget being well received last week, it's failed to give the coalition a boost in support. Yeah, the news poll coming after the budget is something that politicos keep a sharp eye out for. It's out this morning in the Australian newspaper. What it found is that the budget was rated as good for the economy by 44% of those polled. 15% said that it was bad. That's the largest margin uh, in favour of it being a good budget since 2007. Uh, The paper says that means that it's the best received budget since John Howard and Peter Costello. That's cast your mind back to those days. Uh, People, though, are finding it really hard to get a fix on what it means for them. 62%, a record number, said they didn't really know. Yeah, the poll also says the coalition remains behind Labor in the two-party preferred stakes, 49 to 51. And Prime Minister Scott Morrison is still rated the preferred Prime Minister. You've probably watched it or at least heard of the 1995 interview when Princess Diana opened up about her relationship with Prince Charles, saying there were three of us in the marriage. Well, the journalist who made his name from that interview, Martin Bashir, has over the past year faced a lot of scrutiny around how he scored the scoop of the century. Now, Claire, he's called it quits with the BBC. Yeah, he went on sick leave last year as that pressure built and what the BBC said over the weekend is that he won't return to work, that he is continuing to have treatment for a heart condition. Uh, that pressure started to build as evidence came to light that uh, showed that Bashir was behind the faking of documents used to convince Diana's brother, Earl Spencer, that the media were paying associates of the royal family for information against her, uh, not only Earl Spencer, but Prince William, Prince Harry and others in the family wanted that probe to go ahead. Uh, Apparently that report has been finalised. No word, though, whether it will be made public. Yeah, Diana's brother, Earl Spencer, has previously demanded an apology and also asked that a contribution of the profits from the interview go towards charities linked to Diana. To sport now, Claire, and Leicester City has won its first FA Cup with a 1-0 victory over Chelsea on Saturday. The team has been beaten in all their four previous FA Cup finals, so as cliche as it sounds, it's a bit of a dream come true. It is, and to put it in perspective, the club was founded in the 1880s and the FA Cup is the world's oldest soccer tournament. It's been going for 149 years, so it's a long time coming. Their last appearance in the finals was in 1969 when they lost. It's a club that's been through a fair bit. It's very popular. Thai owner died in a helicopter crash. That was back in 2018. There was quite an emotional outpouring, as you can imagine, uh, given the size of that feat and after tough times doing well. Yeah, win or lose, it was also the first time in over a year that there was a real football atmosphere with about 20,000 people in the stadium. Speaking of dreams, Claire, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's woken up in the middle of the night very confused about a bizarre dream, but a neuroscientist thinks he's figured it all out. 
Apparently there's some building research that shows that it's a way for our brains to kind of break the routine that we have day in, day out, particularly as we get older, that this sort of over-familiarity that we have with our day in and day out routines, it means that injecting some random weirdness into our very boring existence leaves us a bit better to cope (laughs) with what comes that might be unexpected. That's as good a reason as any for us to get some more shut eye, I think, Claire. (laughs) Any reason, hey? (laughs) Finally, Squiz the Day. We've spoken a fair bit about former Australia Post boss Christine Holgate on the podcast of late. So the one I'm looking out for today, Claire, will be the Senate Committee's report into her controversial departure from the company. That's due to be handed down later today. Yeah, definitely. There'll be a lot of eyes on that one today. Uh, Also, if you're in New South Wales, COVID restrictions are easing. Uh, They were in place for 10 days or so after a bit of a scare in the state uh, means that masks come off again and people can get back to the dance floor. Some good news for a Monday. That's all from us. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow. week our podcast is brought to you by aware super sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off but whether it's two years or 20 years away it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you aware super is one of australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement read the pds and tmd at aware.com.au.